possibility. At Babby's house, Babby's house, everybody is family. Welcome to Babby's house. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Babby's house where everybody is a member of the family. Thanks for joining me today. I'm the host of the show, Babby Mason. And you know the passage of scripture that's on my mind today, Psalm 103, verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And I think I love verse two too, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, all his benefits. I know that you are a benefactor of the benefits of God. You know why? Because you're, you're still here. Amen. And you're still here and you have a reason to give God glory. Well, today I have another wonderful program prepared for you today. My very special guest is Steve Harriman. And Steve Harriman is the founder of Hope Through the Storm Ministries. He's also the author of Shar's Gift, a remarkable story of hope through the storms of life, which chronicles his wife's cancer diagnosis and her unforgettable journey of unwavering faith and resilience. Welcome to the show, Steve Harriman. Thanks for joining me today, my friend. Thanks, Debbie. Nice to be here. So happy to have you. I, listen, I was on your uh, website last night and was just kind of uh, going around the internet, just reading about Char's story. And she passed away not too long ago in 2019. And so uh, we extend our prayers and our condolences for your loss. But you know, uh, our loss is heaven's gain. And, you know, people say, you know, you, you, it is a loss. And it is a loss because we lose the one that we love. We there, there is left. We're left with a void in our family, even a void in our hearts. But thank God for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And we're going to talk about that hope today that you have and that you found. And so, tell us about Char's uh, diagnosis and um, about her her journey with cancer. Sure, Char and I were married for nine years when. Uh, Easter Sunday, 1995 happened. Um, she had a grand mal seizure. We were just getting ready to go to church and she dropped to the floor. Mm -hmm. And within, you know, a matter of minutes, it's like I was in a panic trying to, to determine what to do with this. And so she kind of had about five minutes. And so she had a second one when I was on the phone with 911. And the next thing I know, I'm chasing the ambulance going 85 miles an hour downtown to Blodgett Hospital in Grand Rapids. Michigan. And so, you know, that afternoon was far from sitting down with her sister and having dinner. That's what the plan was. But uh, life was turned upside down for us. And uh, a couple of days later, they determined that she had a, a tumor uh, in the upper right part of her brain, a golf ball size. And so that has to come out immediately. And so she had an emergency surgery uh, the next morning. And about a week later, they determined that it was malignant. And the doctors gave Char two years to live and said that she would have a limited life. Kind of forward the story, um, Char ended up living for 24 years and had any, yeah, anything but a limited life. In fact, she would actually say that she had an abundant life. And that's a hard thing to say to people when you're, you know, 
dealing with diagnosis of, of cancer or disability. Um, it's hard to find things, you know, in those situations, but Shar had this amazing ability to, to do that. She had a rock solid faith. And I remember in right before the surgery, the very first surgery, she um, was the only person in the family that was calm. She was actually trying to cheer everybody else up. And I remember the last word she said to me, she said, Steve, keep trusting, keep trusting. God will be with me in the operating room no matter what. And so yes. she kind of went in with that almost, you know, enlightenment. I mean, I think it was truly the peace that passes understanding that she was experiencing. Yes. So, let's go back to let's go back to the something you said a moment ago, Steve. You said that the doctors gave your wife two years to live, yet she lived 24 years past the diagnosis. Um, so she lived 22 years past their prognosis. Um, let's talk about the fact, you know, that doctors, we, we thank God for their, for their medical uh, ability, their, their ability to do surgery and diagnosis and things like that. But let's talk about the fact that doctors don't always get it right. And, no, they but don't. God always has another plan. Talk about that. To, well, just does. to encourage somebody who's gotten some bad news recently and got, doctors have given them a, a diagnosis and a prognosis, but yes, doctors don't always get it right. Talk about that. Yeah, I can give you a good example. Um, when they told us that, you can imagine what that was a blow to both of us. And Shara, remember, was determined. She got through the surgery. Um, we came home within a week, which is incredible. When she got the news on a, from a phone call about that, you know, two years to live and cancer and, and all that, she had to have radiation treatments. And I remember she wanted to go back to work. She was determined to have her life go back to the way it normally was, as we all would. And I remember she was so fatigued from the treatments that when she, I would pick her up, and I was very reluctant as a caregiver. I didn't want her to go back to work. I thought she just needed to rest all the time, but she was determined. And when she got that news, you know, she kept trying to go back to work and was devastated that she finally had to resign. So these are major changes in our lives that we're going through. Everyone's dealing with that. What happened, God's plan kicked in and we ended up going to a cancer support group, a brain tumor support group at the hospital. And we expected to be the only people there. And there were seven people there. And all I remember was on the way home, Shar, the only thing she could talk about with those people and what she wanted to do for them. She wanted to get them gift bags. She wanted to write them cards. She wanted to um, send prayers along that way. And her focus changed from what she lost to what God's plan was going to be for her. It was a transforming moment in a way because all of a sudden she felt she lost purpose and i think anyone out there when you're going through something like this it is so disruptive that you just it's the end of the world and i think we felt that initially but god i think revealed his plan shire even at one point said to me you know what it's hard to say she goes but i'm thankful that god allowed me to have that because she always wanted to help people but never could figure out how and all of a sudden she's got all these people that god's bringing in her life 
And we don't always want those circumstances, but we're uniquely qualified all of a sudden to help somebody else. And that was something that Char became addicted to. And it brought her such incredible, I call it impossible joy. When you look at the circumstances, there's no joy in the circumstances, but through the Lord and his plan, he reveals that and you can have that kind of joy. And Char had it just flowing out of her heart. So your your wife Shara had a favorite quote. Can you share that with us? Yes, it was what the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls a butterfly. And that's exactly what he did for her life. Yes. It was incredible. And to watch the number of she helped thousands of people in her lifetime. She had gone through five major brain surgeries in that 24-year period. So if you look at those circumstances, you would think she has no reason to be joyful, no reason to have hope. But with God, all things are possible. And so it's living, it's a living example um, of what he can do, even in your darkest hour. He will reveal, you know, the, the very heart of Christ Shar headed. And it's always about helping somebody else. And I think that's one thing I really tried to outline in the book. Yes. Um, when I was growing up, I remember hearing this song and the first lines of the song were through every dark cloud, there's a silver lining. And the name of your ministry is called Hope Through the Storm Ministry. The name of the book is called Shar's Gift, a remarkable story of hope through the storms of life. Um, why is the why? Tell us more about why you've kind of honed in on the theme of the storm what, what significance does that have in your life? Well, I think if anyone's going through what we did or, you know, it doesn't have to be such a, a, a dramatic example because, you know, our own problems are real. We all bear, you know, our crosses. And I remember people would come up to Shar and, and say, well, my problems don't compare with what you're going through. And she would stop them right there and say, no, no, don't ever say that. Don't ever say that because your problems are real. We all need encouragement each and every day, every one of us. And so that was her mission. And I think when you look at that kind of light, when you're shining God's light into the dark, uh, that's, that's transforming. That changes your whole focus. You're right in the middle of the storm. And I always said it was through the storm. You know, it wasn't hope around the storm. God didn't lead us around the storm. He brought us right through the center of it. And when you look back at all the people who have benefited from Shar's ministry to them, you realize, wow, he really had a plan in mind for me. And Shar would say, I had more joy in my life going through the storm and seeing God work, you know, than if I was just having a life of peace and you know no no struggles or trials and so i think that word hope is something we all cling to we want it but you know sometimes we don't know what that really means but i think for us we saw god at work clearly and and sometimes it's hard to see him at work you have to look really hard sometimes yeah. can i give you an example to really to really cement this thought char was had uh, recovering from her second brain surgery and you know there's a lot that goes with that i mean it's <laughs> there's a lot of worry fight there's a lot of angst but
but she was doing so well sitting up in the bed and she looked over at me and she said, Steve, do you think I'm in this hospital because of me? And I, I was confused. I said, what do you mean, Char? Are you, are you a little delirious right now from medication or what? She goes, no, she goes, I just sometimes think that maybe God has me in this hospital for somebody else. And I said, well, I, I guess that's possible. And so I remember going to get a cup of coffee when I came back, here's Char with her arm around the nurse and they're praying together. Wow. And so I stepped out real quietly and I came back later and I said, Char, what was that all about? And she says, I just happened to ask this girl about her life. And she shared with me, this was her first day back after losing her mom to cancer. And she broke down and cried. And so Char prayed with her. And, I, and so she says, I think she's the person that God wanted me to help. And I thought, that's remarkable. <laughs> and so I think it's a matter of opportunities. You know, wherever you are, yes, even in the midst of your own storm, look for the opportunities that God's bringing you to be a light to somebody else. That's where the impossible joy comes from. Amen. I love that term, impossible joy. You speak of Shar's resilience. And, uh, you know, the, the definition of resilience is the ability to bounce back. Can you, can you speak to Shar's bounce back ability? Yes. I think uh, when Shar, when you're going through every one of these, you know, every MRI, I mean, she had literally 40 to 50 MRIs in her lifetime, which is a lot. Um, but she would, she had a way of always flipping it around. And because the circumstances can bring you so down they can ruin your life if you allow it. And she was a fighter in the sense where she knew, she knew without any doubt in her mind that God had her uh, on a journey and that she was gonna make the most of it. And so, you know, even with these struggles, and I'm not saying she didn't fight worry or, or frustration, we had our moments, of course we do. But she would always kind of come back to the fact that, um, Sometimes she would look for people. It could be the person who walked in the room to clean that night. I remember her talking to the cleaning person um, or doctors. It didn't matter who it was. They couldn't escape Char's joy and they couldn't escape her hugs. I mean, she's hugging the cleaning person. She's hugging the, um, the food service person when she was doing so well. She made it fun for her which is a really astounding thing when you're going through such trials. But I think that ability to bounce back through multiple storms is a testament to her faith in the Lord. And she got her strength from that. Daily devotionals, she would read four or five of them every morning just to start her day. Mm. And um, that would set her mind straight. But she also just felt that God was there the whole time. And so that's I was always, and in the book, you'll see the struggle, me with the weaker faith and Shar with the solid faith. And I think throughout the book, you see me grow. I didn't realize until I finished the book. I'm like, wow, I think I kind of grew along those lines. And so you're exposed to things that you don't want to be exposed to. You're put in places like uh, chemotherapy rooms um, or you're in a wheelchair or something like that. It's all new and it's very scary and it's very dark. Um, but I think my advice would be to look for those people that he's bringing across your path that you never would have met before. So Sure. You have a ministry now called Hope Through the Storm Ministries. How has this ministry developed and what is the purpose of the ministry today? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
it started with Shar sharing her testimony in a support group, and we typed up her her story for some people who couldn't be there that night. We ended up telling stories of other people, typing up there. Shar would interview them. Um, I would do all the, the graphic design stuff, and that little booklet ended up being published quarterly and uh, ended up in 48 states and 11 countries. I mean, only God could do that. Yeah. Uh, and so it started off with that, and then it turned into doing some hope conferences, we called them. We wanted to reach people out in the community, and we didn't want to charge anything for it. And so we got the, sp the sponsorships from hospitals, and it was amazing. For such a small grassroots effort, we had a lot of support. And so we were able to bring in some people like Tony Campolo and Laura Story and um, some big names, but also Shar was up there giving her testimony. And I thought, wow, what an amazing miracle this is. Here's a girl who suffered through two brain surgeries, brain cancer, and she's up there giving her testimony to a huge room full of people. I mean, my heart just soared. And so I think she just had a joy I call it, she was addicted to joy um, and helping people. She just could not get enough of that. She probably gave out more cards and flowers than anyone who's ever lived. That's <laughs> why I love mm, Wow. And so that brought her the kind of joy um, that she knew that, that God was capable of bringing into her life. No doubt there are people who are watching today who are uh, battling cancer or maybe there are others who are their caretakers, who are helping them with their day-to-day -day needs. Can you offer them a word of encouragement? Yes, I think I would first start with the fact that it's tough. I mean, I can talk this way today, but there were so many moments where it felt like the end of the world and the struggle of worry, what's gonna happen next? It's hard to put your trust in him wondering about that. And so I think, um, if you just kind of, Shar used to say to me, keep trusting, Steve, no matter what, keep trusting, keep trusting. And so I kind of took that to heart. And I would say to people, it is gonna be a rough road, but you can't walk it alone. And if there's any way that you can turn it around like Shar did and find a way to do what Jesus did, reach out to the lost, reach out to those in need of encouragement, you have that unique ability all of a sudden, whether you want it or not, whether you're sitting in a cancer support group and you don't want to be there, you look to the person to your left and realize they're going through it too. And you can be a light in their lives and you can shine the light of Christ in their lives just yes. by caring, just by showing care and empathy. Yes. How do you stay encouraged? Because, you know, that, that need for encouragement is a daily thing. How do you stay encouraged? Well, you know, it's interesting going through grief. Um, some people, I think, like to avoid places and, and memories. I don't. I love to talk about Shar. Um, we lived, you know, we were married for nearly 33 years. And it was devastating to me. But I, I do cling to Isaiah 41.10, so, so do not fear, for I am with you. Those words just bring me hope that God's still there. You know, I, I start, struggle sometimes to see him, but I've grown personally close um, and have daily prayer with him. I go for walks sometimes and just have open dialogue by myself in the woods <laughs> talking to him. 
and it's personal and it makes it real for me. And I know he's walking right there with me. And he's saying to me, Steve, Shar's with me right now in heaven. She's doing better than you are. Wow. <laughs> and, and she can't wait to see you, you know? Yeah. I sleep with us every day. And I, and I say to the Lord every day, Lord, I please let Shar know somehow. Please let her know that I love her, that I miss her terribly, and that I can't wait to see her. And I can't wait to meet you face-to-face, -face, Lord. That will be the greatest day ever for me. So that's what yes. I think about that keeps me going. Is there a passage of scripture that you, uh, well, you just mentioned Isaiah 41.10. Yeah. Do not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Yeah, you I will. I will help thee. I will, I will strengthen thee. I will uphold thee with my righteous right hand. Those words are so solid for me because I know it's his promise to me. You know, it's his promise to me that, Steve, I know this is hard. What you're going through is so hard. Anyone right now going through what they're going through, you can't see the hope. You can't see the joy sometimes. You know, there was a time when I went into the, right during Shar's surgery, I walked into the chapel at Blodgett Hospital, right in the middle of it. And I had a very simple faith back then, which I still do. You know, I like that. And I remember I was all by myself in there and I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, if it's your will to take Shar to heaven, please change your mind. <laughs> That's what I said. Wow. You know, and whether yeah. he answered it or it was his will all along, I'll never know. But I, I, it's just what you feel at the moment. You know, you're in a desperate plea with the Lord and you're, and you're trying to make sense of it all. And what's the next direction for your life? What's the course that he has for it? It looks bleak, but I can tell you without any doubt um, that, and, and you'll see this in the book, God showed up all the time, all the time. And you see the examples and sometimes you have to look really hard at those, look for those, but you'll see him working in your well, life. Well, Steve Harriman, thank you so very much, my friend, for being my guest today and for sharing your story. I do want to share your website. It's steveharriman.com. And where the information for your wife's, uh, for your book is Shar's Gift. Dot com. Once again, thanks again for being my very special guest. Our, our hearts and our prayers are with you, all right? Appreciate it. Good talking with Ab you, yes. Absolutely. So good to speak with you, too. And to you, dear friend, listen, stick around. After this break, I wanted to offer you a word of encouragement. After this break, we'll be right back with more of Fabby's House. Stay with me. Oh, my dear friend, thank you so very much for coming back to Babby's house because I want to offer you a word of encouragement. During my conversation with Steve Harriman, he, he talked about shining his light for Christ and to encourage us to shine our light. And I'm so glad that he did that because, you know, that's one of the main themes of my life. Is, and I, write, I like to write songs that encourage us to share our faith. And it takes me back to a song that I wrote a few years ago, um, but it, I sing it in just about every concert. And the, con and the chorus says, shine the light, share your faith, show the world that Jesus is the answer, that Jesus is the way. Together we can make a difference, be a beacon in the dark of night, shine the light, hold, share your faith, hold it high, shine the light. And it reminded me that, you know, here on my phone, you probably have a phone with an app 
that has a, a light on it. And you can click on that little button and this little phone will illuminate the darkness. I've used that app on my phone a number of times. If I'm going uh, into a, a, a dark room, like a closet, or if I'm looking in, looking in the bottom of my purse for my car keys, if I'm in a dark parking lot, it'll illuminate my path. I'm walking in the back of the house in the dark of the night. It's amazing how this little phone with that little bitty app can dispel the darkness and light up a room or light up a path. And you might think that your light is insignificant, but let me tell you, my friend, your light can make a big difference in this dark world. Do you see how dark the world is growing? Uh, with so many people who are hurting because of COVID, so many people who are waiting in line for food, uh, the, the uh, uh, political unrest, the, the racial unrest that's going on in our world right now, the world is getting darker and darker, but we can dispel the darkness as we shine our light for Christ. Your light can make a big difference. You might wonder, well, Babby, how can I shine my light? You know, it seems like every time I go to the grocery store, <laughs> Somebody needs some help or some hope or some encouragement. There's a reason uh, to, to be able to just offer an encouraging word to somebody. So listen, I just want to remind you of Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, and I'll begin at verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven. Well, my dear friend, thank you so very much for watching Babby's House. Will you go today and make a big difference? Shine your light, which will make a huge difference in this very, very dark world. Let the Lord use you in that way. Well, thank you so very much for watching Babby's House. My prayers and my heart are with you. Will you go into the world and make a big difference? And the next time we get together around this microphone, until then, may the Lord God bless you and yours feel good. I'll see you next time, all right? God bless you.